You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. And today I want to share a message with you titled Salted. Salted. And uh, I'm going to read a passage found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 where Jesus said, he said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Have you thought about salt lately? I'm going to assume no, (laughs) because I don't imagine any of you, anyone for that matter, uh, sitting in your den or in your living room, in your car, thinking, hmm, salt, there's something interesting. There is something amazing to think about, salt. But for some reason, Jesus puts this element at the center of our lives in one of his greatest sermons. He's preaching a sermon, he's sharing a message, he's sharing principles, and he brings up this element, salt. He could have used any other analogy, any other imagery, but he chose salt. And there's a specific reason why he chose salt. Now, I have this container right here in my hands. Um, it's a salt container. It's a salt shaker bought at Costco. I love Costco, Kirkland Signature. It's pure salt, sea salt, fine grain, harvested from the pristine waters of, oh, it's Brazilian. Look at that. There you go. I didn't even know that. All right. Um, Most of us, when we think of salt, we think of this. It's something we have at home that we just, you know, we sprinkle on our food to make it taste better. We, We take this element, this seasoning, and we place on something else. And we kind of change the taste. We kind of change how it'll taste. We make it a little more savory. Make it taste better for us. Most of us, this is what we picture when we think of salt. And then Jesus comes and says, you are the salt of the earth. And if you have a photographic imagination like myself, I don't know if you go that far, but you can imagine God with a giant salt shaker filled with good little Christians, good little humans, (laughs) looking for bad situations to just kind of pour some Christians on it, and then if you have this salt shaker type of mentality when Jesus is talking about this, you imagine that this type of effect that, we're, that we are to have in other people's lives is something sporadic, something that comes and goes, something that's random. You know, when you find a situation that you can make better, that means you're being salt. And that is true to a certain extent because It only kind of makes sense, right? Having this type of idea that we are supposed to sprinkle some some of the gospel in people's lives, it kind of makes sense. Because what, what do you do or what do I do when my friend loses her job? What do you do then? What do I do when my son who's a good student, applies for the college of his preference and doesn't get in. 
What do I do when my daughter, who's a great student, who's diligent, studies all week long for her finals? And when she takes it, she comes home with a bad, really, really bad grade. Am I supposed to make that taste better? Am I supposed to make that more flavorful? How do I do that? How about the woman who just found out she has cancer? Or the man who just lost his mother? Am I supposed to make that more palatable? It kind of makes sense if we have a salt shaker mentality when it comes to being salt. Because this is the way we see salt. But the problem is this. If we have a salt shaker mentality of following Jesus, we will neglect a big part of our story and how we come into this way. Because we will be assuming that following Jesus means that we are supposed to walk and go about life, making life and circumstances more palatable to our friends and family. And even though that sounds nice, it does nothing to solve the problem. Even though that sounds nice, it has no effect on the cause, on the root, on the, on the way they're living. And all you can do is make life a little bit more flavorful. This salt shaker type of mentality is an effort to help people go through life, go through their circumstances with a better taste in their mouth. But it doesn't go beyond that. Now, is that what Jesus is saying here? Is that what Jesus is implying that we are supposed to be the salt of the earth? Well, Surely, enduring life is important. Surely, having endurance for difficult circumstances in life is important. But we're not simply to make life more palatable for those around us. See, it's, it's much, much more profound than that. It has a much deeper meaning than that. And I wish I could have a, an analogy. I, I wish I could have something that could exemplify what salt meant for the people listening to Jesus, but we really have nothing in our modern Western world nowadays. I wish I could just say, hey guys, salt is like the internet. It's everywhere and everybody gets connected and it's the cloud. But it's not just that. I wish I, wish I could say, oh, salt is like electricity and then you would get it like that, but it's not just like that. See, what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about an inside-out transformation, not an outside-in application. He's talking about something that moves you and goes from the inside out. It's not an outside-in application. It's an inside-out transformation. And in Jesus' days, salt was needed everywhere. It was used for a variety, variety of, of applications. People needed salt. They depended on salt. And because of that, it was extremely valuable. So the first thing that we find about salt, I did some digging, is that for hundreds and hundreds of years, salt was currency. In Jesus' day, salt was currency. I don't mean like currency. I don't mean that it was just like currency. It was actual currency. For a while there, they actually made coins out of salt, and it was real money. They used to have slabs of salt where you would buy things and buy uh, goods 
Just like we use today money and dollar bills, they used to, salt, to use slabs of salt to buy things. Salt was incredibly valuable. In Af actually, in ancient Rome, part of a soldier's earnings was paid in salt. It was called his salarium argentum. And it's from that term, from that Roman term, that we today get the English word salary. It comes from the word salt, salarium. See, in the 6th century in sub-Saharan Africa, they used to exchange salt for gold ounce per ounce. They held the exact same value. Salt was extremely valuable and needed. And we find something interesting in the Scripture in the Old Testament. In the book of Ezra, chapter 4, there is an expression in the Scripture where it says that um, the expression is this. You are, um, sorry. Eat, yeah, there's an expression, it's written that you eat the salt of a man. And eating the salt of a man in Scripture means to draw your sustenance from that person. To that, it's when you derive your sustenance from that individual. So what Jesus is, is saying here is something much more profound than just applying something on a situation. This Changes things, doesn't it? Because salt is sustenance. Salt is provision. And what Jesus is saying is that when people look at your life, when they look the way, at the way you live, they can draw value from it. They can draw sustenance from it. Your life exemplifies what true sustenance is like. Your life shows people what it's like to have true sustenance. Not only that, you add value to the earth. It's much more than just applying some salt like we do on fries on people's situations. The second thing we find about salt, the second aspect of salt in Jesus' days, is that it was used as a preserver. And if you're wondering what people used uh, before refrigerators, what they used to keep food from going bad, you got it. It was salt, especially meats. They used salt to keep food from going bad because salt stops decay and even nowadays we use salt as a preserver in most packaged foods it's listed as sodium salt preserves salt stops decay salt stops uh, things from decomposing which means that for you and I what Jesus is saying is that when there is a situation that is going bad when there's a situation that's going south, the kind of life you have looks at that trajectory and it stops it in its tracks. The kind of life you have influences others to preserve their vision, to preserve their purpose, to preserve the call of God in their lives. You are the salt of the earth. It changes things, doesn't it? It's a little bit more profound. You are the salt of the earth which means that your life has an effect in people's lives that stops the downward sp spiral that they're in. So if you're here and you're a parent and you're praying for your kid because your kid, you know, needs prayer, you're being the salt in that life. If you're a teacher and you're praying for your students, you're being the salt in their lives. You're a manager and you're doing everything you can to influence your people to rise better, to stop any type of corruption in their hearts, you're being the salt in their lives. If you're a leader 
and you're declaring God's goodness in people's lives, you're the salt in their lives. If you have a brother and sister in the faith who is discouraged and you're speaking to them and you're saying, you know what, a thousand may fall by your side, 10,000 by your right hand, but it will not come near you. This evil is not going to, to attack you. You are being the salt in their lives. When you look at someone who's weak and you declare the word of God, you say, say the weak, I am strong. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You are being the salt in their lives. You are the salt of the earth. And then there's a third element of salt that to me is probably the one that impacted me the most. Is that when Jesus was sharing about this, when he was speaking about salt, he was... The context of people's lives was, was agrarian. He, li he, he lived in an agrarian society. Agriculture was everything. And you got to understand that the region that they lived in wasn't abundant with farmlands like we have here in the United States. It was a region that had rock hi hills that, are, that were rocky. It had deserts. So the farmland had to be protected. It had to be cared for properly. And people who were familiar with farming, which is most of them, understood this to be a profound, profound statement. Because if they had a bad crop year in Jesus' days, it didn't just mean low profits. It didn't just mean that they couldn't pay their bills. It meant famine. It meant some people are not going to have enough to eat. So they took this very, very seriously. And if you're wondering what kind of fertilizer they use, if you're wondering what kind of element they use to protect the soil and to keep the soil healthy and to make sure the seeds could grow properly, you got it. Salt. Farmers used to put salt with the seed, making sure the soil was healthy. Salt heals. It heals the properties of the earth. It keeps bad things from attacking the plant. They used salt for farming. And this is, this is profound. This is, this is deep. Because for those listeners, what they understood is Jesus is saying, your life, your kind of life, the life that you're leading, preserves people's lives. It heals people's lives. It sustains people's life. The kind of life that you need to lead is the type of life that affects others with all these elements, just like salt affects the seed, just like salt is committed to the soil, and it's committed to the people, and it's committed to the cause, and it stays there, and it makes sure that the seed germinates, and that the sprout comes to above the earth, and that the, the tree grows. So is your life. You heal people. You make sure people can grow healthily. You make sure those around you are living well. This is powerful. But at the same time, you might be sitting here and thinking, J.D., wow, that's a lot. <laughs> if, uh, if that's salt, <laughs> I'd rather stick with this guy. Can I just uh, do a little sprinkling on people's lives? Because I can do this. I don't know if, I, if my life can heal anybody. I don't know if my life can preserve anybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm still on my own salting kind of life here. You might be here and this is, you're listening to this and you're like, wow, this, this means like a lot. Even like if you're a Christian, it, you probably need to put a chore chart in your house. Writing down 
What is the first one? You guys already forgot? <laughs> Sustenance, uh, uh, provision, and healing. And then start writing names around so I can keep up with what kind of person needs what kind of things. And you'll drive yourself crazy if you think like that. Because this is not a chore chart. This is not a Christian chore. Because you can't give what you don't have. And for you to be the salt of the earth in these properties that Jesus was communicating, you need to be salted first. So now that you understand the context, I want to share a couple things, a couple of ways that you and I are salted, that God salts our lives, that salt comes into our hearts, and we can give this kind of life, we can have this kind of impact in people's lives. Because it does start with you. It does start with me. The first way, the first uh, way that we are salted is by following Jesus, by engaging in a relationship with God through Jesus. And this, uh, there's a passage that exemplifies this really well. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, and uh, it tells the story of when Elisha Elijah's successor heals the waters of Jericho. And it says, Now the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad, and the land is unfruitful, he said. Bring me a new, a new bull. Uh, he said, that's Elisha, Bring me a new bull and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went to the spring of water and threw salt in it and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. So the water has been healed to this day, according to the word that Elisha spoke. Some of you, you fit in this scripture. You fit. This is the story of your life. Life was pleasant in certain ways. It was okay. But in your heart, there wasn't a living spring. You were living, but you weren't really alive. And you were searching for meaning, searching for reason, searching for purpose. And then, and then a relationship with God started. And something happened to you. A shift happened to you. A change happened to you. And it wasn't an outside-in transformation. It wasn't something that you received. It wasn't a list. It wasn't a chore chart that you had received. Something happened on the inside on the place where ideas come out of, on the place where thoughts come out of, and it changed the way you saw life. It changed the way you saw your circumstances. And inadvertently, your behavior began to change. And it wasn't anything that anybody told you to do. It wasn't anything that anybody made you do. It just happened. What was it? You were salted. The spring of your life begin to change. So everything else began to change. And eventually you saw some fruit. Maybe it happened years ago. Maybe it happened in this room right here when you decided to follow Jesus. You decided to begin a relationship with God and things begin to change from the inside out. You were salted. And now you see things in a different light. But that doesn't mean everything is perfect, does it? That doesn't mean you are insulated from challenges and from trials and from difficult thoughts and from things 
that might come up. No, actually, there's a second way that we get salted. And it has to do, it goes hand in hand with that. Jesus said in Mark 9:49, he said this, For everyone will be salted with fire. And that's the second way that we are salted. We are salted through tests because that's what Jesus is saying there. We will be salted with fire. What that fire means is there will be circumstances in life that will come to test you. They will test your faith. They will test your resolve. They will test your determination. They will test if you were grounded on the right ground. And they will come to test you. And you can come out of it in a negative way. Or you can come out of it salted. That's what happened to Dan DePaula, our worship leader. He sings here beautifully every week. Uh, but a few years ago, he started a business. He and his wife started a business, and he had been working with construction and design, and he had been working with remodeling for quite a while, and he had the contacts, the clientele. It seems like, seemed like a no-brainer, so he started up his business, and things got busy quick, and things got complex, and then things went from complex to complicated. And then Dan found himself overworked, overcommitted, overextended, and he got to a point where he had to sell the business just to make payroll, just to honor his payroll. And he went through a process of recovery there. He had to get back on his feet again. What happened? He chose to look at the situation as a way of being salted. But for you, if you are a believer, if you know that God has a plan for your life, failure is not fatal. Failure doesn't mean that that dream is not going to come to life again. Failure doesn't mean that God is not going to bring your dreams to pass. And so I was having lunch with him this week, and he starting a business. He and his wife have started a business again right now. But it's not the same because he's been salted. It's not the same because now he has a different type of outlook in his heart. And Dan and Jackie are great people that have been giving and that have been sowing. And out of that situation, out of that experience, they have blessed many, many, many people. That situation, that difficulty transformed his heart. It made him more generous. It made him more committed. God literally took something that was meant for harm and transformed it and made it for his good. And you might be here today and you might be thinking, J.D., there is no way, there is no way that what you're saying applies to me as far as being the salt of the earth. Because my life has been ridden with failures. My life has been ridden with mistakes. I have a history behind me that does not qualify me to be the salt of the earth. Because to be the salt of the earth, I probably need to have a more perfect scoreboard. To be the salt of the earth, I probably need to behave a little better. I need to have, you know, a better, a better scorecard, a better display. And I'm still working at it. Well, this is what I believe. I believe that every single one of you here, you have some salt in you. You have been tested. You have been tried. Maybe you're not where you want to be, but you are not where you used to be. God is bringing you along. He is raising you. He is bringing you higher. And maybe you're here today and you did lose your job. You went through something similar like Dan. 
Maybe you lost your job and things got difficult. Maybe it was even your fault and you felt guilty about it and it wasn't good and you struggled for a while. It was hard. But now you're getting back on your feet again. Now you, find, you found a new job. Now you're on your feet again. You're paying your bills. You're getting, you're getting ahead. You know what that means? You got some salt in you. Maybe you got married and with every good intention to make it work and it didn't work. And it was bad. And you had to get a divorce and it was not a good one. It was a bad one. And it was public. And the families got involved. And it was just ugly and you were hurt, you were wounded, and you were in that place for a while. And for a while you didn't believe that you could see love again, that you could see the light again. But then you healed. And God brought somebody along the way. And now you're in a better relationship with a better outlook. You know what that means? You got some salt in you. There's some salt in your life. Maybe you had a health situation where you thought that that was it. That that was going to put you in the grave. Maybe you thought that life was it for you. But you went through that desert. You went through that valley. And you're coming out on the other side healthier. You're coming out on the other side with more hope. You know what that means? You got some salt in you. These experiences, these things that you go through, they change the way you are. And people who have been salted, people who have been transformed, people who have been changed, they don't have time to waste with menial little things. They don't have time to waste with gossip. They don't have time to waste with things that don't matter because they have some salt in them. You have heard it said, and we all have heard it said, that hurt people hurt people. Well, heal people heal people. Blessed people bless people. Forgiven people forgive people. Loved people love people. Found people find people. And you are here this morning. You have been saved. You have been forgiven. You have been healed. You have been transformed. You have been set free. You are here because God has found you and has brought you into his presence. You have some salt in you. And you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Exactly where you are. Exactly at this very moment in your life. With your weaknesses and with your strengths. With your highs and your lows. With your accomplishments and with your regrets. Right here. Right now. You are the salt of the earth. And so in God's presence we don't have to hide. Because he's the one who has brought us through these tests. He's the one who has salted the fountain in our lives. The spring of our lives, which scripture says it's our heart. And we can stand with no shame of our scars. We don't have to hide any part of us. We can stand freely because he has made us into the salt of the earth. And I want to encourage you to use everything that you have experienced in life to bless somebody else, to be the salt in someone else's life because you can show the way to salvation through that. Amen. Would you mind standing with me this morning?